You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name's Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, uh, you know, just to cap off our season, uh, we've now lost to Carlton by a point with the women's team, right? So, um, yeah. But uh, I've got to say, really proud of the girls, how they went on the weekend. Mm. Uh, you know, going into three-quarter time, we'd only kicked the one goal. Yeah. Uh, they'd really stifled any chance of us scoring, really, like they put a lot of pressure on us. And, uh, you know, they kept cutting us off and getting easy exits out of our forward line. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I'm sure the coaching staff will work on. But, yeah, that last quarter, especially the first five or six minutes of that first uh, last quarter, sorry, mm. was just uh, dynamic and just piled on the goals. There was some real belief there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, certainly was, Jane. Like some absolutely great play. And I think that's the, um, like, we're obviously a, a, a developing side. And, you know, I think um, that's kind of what we saw. You know, Carlton were able to stick to a structure and a system. But they've got, you know, class all over the ground, um, Carlton. And, uh, yeah, they obviously outplayed us for the vast majority of the match. But when we did start to hit our straps, yeah, that first five minutes of the last quarter, as you say, Jane, like piled on the three goals and we kept attacking throughout the duration of that quarter. Unfortunately, weren't able to capitalise with just that one extra goal, which would have uh, yeah, got us over the line there. But, um, yeah, certainly it is exciting um, to see that, look, while we did look, I, mean, I think you, know, you have to say as a young listener, you, you look pretty disjointed. Uh, the girls haven't played a lot of footy together. Obviously, those ones who played in the VFLW um, have played a little bit, but I mean, you, it's it's a it's a new competition, um, so a whole another level. Uh, and certainly, there's a, a few girls finding that out uh, pretty quickly. But um, look to go up against Carlton, who are a, a good side, as much as it uh, you know, hurts to say that. Um, yeah, to get within a point at the end, uh, yeah, I suppose is good in a way, uh, but it shows. But um, you know, prior to that, yeah, you know, we were three three plus goals down. Um, and if you're playing catch up footy, you're going to find it pretty pretty tough most of the time. So it shows the level that we need to sort of build towards and, and jump to if we are going to be competitive. Um, yeah, with those more uh, I suppose established sides in the AFLW system. But yeah, it was a, a pretty good effort, uh, James. Again, an exciting game um, for the girls, and um, I, I quite like the brand of footy they're playing. Yeah, and what I really loved was the bomber crowd at, uh, out at Port Melbourne. Like, that was really uplifting and well done to everyone who went to that game. Um, mm. you, you felt like I felt like we owned that crowd, you know, which yep. is really good. And um, a lot of families, you could see from the uh, from the footage, you know, a lot of, a lot of families enjoying the day, mm. uh, which is fantastic. And, you know, women's football has come a long way. And, you know, it's really, I think, you know, a lot of Essendon people probably felt the same, you know, probably felt left out of it a bit. Yep. Uh, not having their own team. Mm. But uh, as uh, they said in uh, Field of Dreams, mate, if you build it, they will come. And <laughs> that's what actually happened. But, yeah, we're, we're going out to support the girls. And, um, yeah, Maddie Presparkas again, mate, did her best to pull us over the line. You know, uh, she's just a starter. Lady, you know, I just look, remember, mate. Um, you know, we lost by a point. Would have been handy if that uh, field umpire hadn't been so 
officious and uh, let her have a shot with goal. Like, oh, mate, it, was, a quarter it, time. it was reminiscent of uh, of Dempsey <laughs> against the Swans all those years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> Still gives me nightmares. I, mm. I think, uh, realistically, look, I, I think, you know, and it's, a, it's at, um, you know, in both leagues, you know, the umpiring definitely does need looking at. But I think Carlton definitely had a, a good run of it. Um, Chris Barkas in particular had a pretty frustrating day, I'd imagine. I mean, she kept her cool, much to her credit. Um, but certainly, um, yeah, anytime she looked at, you know, sort of getting away, um, the umpires would call them up for something. Oh, I just thought we got, you know, the bad rub of the green on the day. Um, yeah. And But I guess, like, on the other side of that, um, that is an area of the game we are going to have to develop in, um, our discipline. I thought we gave away a few... You know, freeze, which like they were there. Um, we shouldn't have given them away. And I think, yeah, you look at Vessio in particular, um, she kicked three goals, all from free kicks, Jane. Um, mm. those players like that, they don't need your help. Like, she's a classy mm. player. <laughs> you don't need to give them free kicks. I mean, that first one was a you know, a gift, you know, for uh, what do they call it, yeah, sort of rushing over the, the boundary mm. line or so, um, that she was good enough to kick that. But then two basically in the goal square because we were very conscious of it. Um, yeah, they're the ones I suppose you're unforgivables. Um, mm. because you you're giving up a goal straight up. Um and you know, you look at the uh the difference at the end of the day, like they kick five goals, two in the end, three goals gone through from free kicks. I'd I'd much rather as player uh, I suppose a more like a smarter brand of footy where they have to really earn their um, earn their goals rather than us giving it to them. But yeah, I, I think that'll be part of the learning process. Um, certainly, there's a lot of you know really young talent on our list. Um, you know, I think about our um, yeah sort of a young ruckman Stephanie Wales. I think she will be pretty good um, going forward, but she's obviously quite young. Um, Jay, I think she might be like eighteen or nineteen or something like that. Um, obviously, her sister's more established than Hawthorne. Um, she does look like a talent, um, but uh, uh, we'll certainly need to work on, um, I suppose, a bit of composure. And I think that's the same with a number of girls. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> and I do feel sorry for her, but, um, you know, Federica Fru is one who sort of stands out to me. And, and sorry to, I don't mean to pile on her, because to me, she seems like that kind of mercurial kind of player, James, where if she turns it on, um, you know, she's, she's going to kick goals. Um, and we saw that, you know, she obviously won the, um, I suppose, the Coleman equivalent in the VFLW last year, most goals kicked in a season at VFLW level, uh, including, you know, in that grand final kicked couple. So um, uh, she's one who um, has found it difficult these first couple of games to get involved. But I think once it clicks for her, um, we're going to have a very dangerous forward line. So, look, um, never good to uh, to lose against the arch rival, um, but I suppose some promising signs there. But, uh, yeah, when we get things together, I think we're going to be a very formidable football side. Yes, and, uh, you know, even uh, the way that Paige Scott started the game was fantastic. Mm. Uh, you know, and then you also have a look at uh, Amber Clark. I thought, mm. you know, she was our number one draft pick. Um, in the AFLW draft, mm. uh, we had her at pick four, and uh, yeah, she went on another level this week. Uh, playing for the um, you know, playing against Carlton, I, I thought she really had a lot of the footy. It was really only in the last quarter, yeah, you know, I felt like she 
kind of went out of that game. Um, but she really showed, you know, she's going to be a really good player for us. Yep. Um, and like, just body too good. Uh, yeah, didn't kick a goal, I don't think, mate. But no. Yeah, she's a good target, and you know, she playing that uh, roaming centre half forward role really because mm. she was getting up the ground, taking a lot of marks, and I really liked her game too. Really appreciated her game. Um, so yeah, well, I think she did have to. She, like she had to come up the ground because mm. um, you know Carlton were really pressing, you know, in that sort of midfield line and, and got it back their way quite a few times. So she had to come up and present that sort of marking target, um, yeah. which she did quite well. You know, Jackie Voigt, um, you know, obviously played quite quite well. Um, and it was funny, like at, at different stages, different players would have, um, you know, their moments. So, you know, Georgia G, for example, she um, you know, got the ball a few times and you know, looked quite good with it. Um, as as did um, yeah, I suppose Doonan um, had a couple of cracks at goal. Unfortunately, wasn't able to um, to kick one through. But I think it's going to be that like finding that level of consistency, um, you know, throughout the game as opposed to you know five minutes here or there. Um, yeah, that's going to be you know finding that uh, I suppose consistency throughout games and across games um, where we're really going to see. Um, I suppose that that growth, but um, certainly a lot of a uh, lot of uh, I suppose uh, good tools to work with there. Um, Catherine Phillips was another one who thought um, you know it looked pretty solid, but uh, yeah, those forwards for uh, for Carlton were yeah, piled on a lot of pressure. But um, yeah, I, I guess that, like the one good thing I, I really like about it, James, is quite a competitive brand. Um, mm. Like it was quite physical at times, and um, yeah, certainly they. They don't take any backward steps. No. Uh, yeah, so all, all in all, um, I thought it was a, a good second game. You know, it was, you know, Carlton's much more established in this competition, obviously. Mm. Um, you know, but uh, I'm sure at three-quarter time they thought they had this game, even though they may have even muttered the words percentage or, you know, because mm. um, they were looking to build on that. Yep. And just the way we came back at them was, you know, really admirable. Mm. And, you know, I just think that, you know, we've got West Coast coming up this week, mate, over in WA. Mm. Uh, so they, they had a big loss yesterday to the Suns. Um, you know, they, they won their first game of the year. I think they played Freo. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, I think the girls got a good chance to, you know, recover next week. Um, and... Yeah, like I also thought that yeah, you know, one player that kind of stood out for me was that you know our back line was really, and they actually made a call in the commentary, mate. Uh, Essendon spent a lot of money on uh, you know establishing itself in the AFLW, mm. but they probably uh, didn't really focus on the back line. Like they, they went for more you know, attacking forward players. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know, Elise Gamble had to do a lot of the work back then, so I think yeah. she was under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we saw Morks play her first game. Mm. I saw that video, mate. Did you see that with uh, Xavier Campbell presenting the the Guernsey? Um, oh, Miss that one. Yeah, and um, in the background was uh, Blake Carousella in there as well. And this is, uh, you know, obviously I'd say Xavier just finished his last. Week, so it might have been one of his last things he did for the club before he left. 
But um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, that's available on you know came across when uh, they named her playing her first game. Yeah, so yeah, interesting uh, footage. But uh, yeah, what did you think overall, mate, of where we are? Like, I think we're just inside the eight, which um, we're eight from the ladder. Mm. Uh, and I just think we've got a, a decent chance to be very, uh, you know, it, we're going to be on the brink of, you know, it's hard to tell from two game snapshot. Yeah. But I think we're going to be on the brink of being very competitive and potentially even claiming one of those lower eight spots. I've been watching all the games. Mm. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we look at Brisbane and Melbourne and teams like that, you, you know, obviously we're going to be a long way off their kind of level. Mm. But the way the fixture's been done also is that they didn't want um, the new teams playing these, you know, really established sides too much, especially the premium, because they know the games are going to be, you know, quite lopsided. Yeah. And it won't be a great, um, I guess, advertising uh, for, you know, if we're getting teams not scoring or the other team, you know, kicking 10 goals to zero. So I think that's the other thing they're looking at is uh, trying to equalise the draw and, I was wondering, do you reckon they'll ever bring divisions in, mate? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think there was uh, potentially raised a little while ago. You know, we are, oh, I suppose, six, six, six. Um, you know, six in whatever division. Oh, uh, like, I guess it it could potentially work, but I I just think, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to get to equalisation, you know, you can't really have. It's like. You know, I remember back in the day, well, even like the NBA conference now, you have the East and West conference, and mm -hmm. uh, you'd often have one conference far stronger than than the other. Mm -hmm. um, and you kind of think like, you know, if you're the top of the, you know, the East conference, um, you know, for example, and, uh, you know, you're coming up against, um, you know, the, the top of the other conference, you're going to get smashed out of the water. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of, like, I'd, you'd like to reward the best teams um, as opposed to the best in that division. Um, yeah. It, it's kind of, I don't know, I kind of see it as, <laughs> do you remember in school where you'd go, oh, would you rather be the captain of B team or, or in the A team? Like, it's that kind of mentality, I, I guess, I'll think about. Um, but, I mean, like, I think, you know, a lot of people called it that um, we are going to be, we'll be... You know, quite good against um, other, uh, I suppose, new, newly developing sides. Um, we'll probably be able to, um, you know, challenge a lot of um, those sort of semi-established semi sides. But against the really established and strong sides, we're probably going to struggle. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, that lower end, um, yeah, I suppose nibbling at that top eight um, is where I see us. Um, it could go either way. I think we've got enough talent to you know, cook, kick some big scores. But as you say, like, it was really found out um, against Carlton, I thought, uh, that, um, yeah, our, our back line is severely deficient. Um, mm. Yeah, we've got a couple of girls there um, doing a lot of work. So as you say, like, Gamble and Voigt, um, yeah, doing a lot of work against some really classy forwards. And they're not uh, – we don't seem to have a, 
a good, um, I suppose, uh, uh, small defender. Uh, that's a, yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether they picked the list and gone, oh, but kind of like the AFL men's side. Um, yeah, we don't, hmm. we don't have this deficient in this area. Um, that's the area I think we're deficient because I think offensively we've we've got the scoring power. Um, you know, to keep you know good scores, we just need to actually, I suppose, have more composure. And that'll come with time and experience. So I'm not so worried about that. But it is that defensive um, side of the game that I think we will struggle with, particularly against those more established sides. So, um, look, um, yeah, I guess the girls have got a lot to work with um, there. And, um, you know, obviously we've got future trade periods and drafts and stuff to look forward to. But... Uh, First things first, you know, we've got a team out of the, out of the park. We're playing competitive footy, so I think that's a really good start. Um, we can uh, build from here. Yeah, well, um, I guess what we'll do today is just, well, obviously we're going to talk about females game, which we just did. We'll give our votes again, mate. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about what little murmurs there has been, and there hasn't been much in regards to the senior side. And we'll finish off this one with our ranking of players in the senior side, uh, male senior side, uh, from numbers 1 to 12. So an, an actual you know, snapshot of their season. And, you know, a little game we're going to play, mate, is like, are, are they going to improve or is this, or are they treading water? You know, do you see improvement in this player? You think they're they're gonna stay the same level that they were this year, or they have the opportunity to you know take their game to a new level, or on their way out. So yeah, we'll just rate our list a bit like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, let's um finish off with this bit and uh, give our votes for the female version of the Don's Cast Medal. Beautiful. Um, so I'll go first, mate. And uh, with the one vote, I went for Stephanie Kane. I thought, again, uh, to me, she started slow in that first half, much as she did that round one. But in that second half, she really started to, uh, you know, take hold of the competition. You quite often see um, her in the bottom of packs. Um, but she's you know, quite a good mover. Um, and that goal she kicked, mate, like, it was a huge bomb. Um, and uh, really got, you know, the team up and about. Um, that was the one that sort of drew us, um, you know, within a kick, I think. Um and you thought from there, oh, can we lift? And, you know, as a co-captain, um, I thought she played a, a great role in uh, you know, getting the girls up and about. Obviously, we weren't able to get the victory in the end, but I thought she played a really good game. So um, well done to Stephanie Kane. Two votes. I went for um, Jackie Voigt. Again, like that defensive work, you know, she really stood up down back um, where really you know, Carlton were, were coming hard and, uh yeah, she stood up time and time again, used the ball fairly well, um, which I thought was uh, quite good. Um, I guess the other thing I should really mention is the tackle numbers. You know, Stephanie Kane uh, made six tackles, uh, Voigt laid five tackles, and um, that's a really good, um, I suppose, measure for mine, just how physical um, these girls play. So, um, yeah, I thought she had good game, so two votes for her. But for the three votes, I had to go for uh, Madison Prisbarkas, um, yeah, 21 touches. Um, she's an absolute jet, and just the way she just just forces her way into the game. Um, like she really wants to take the game by the scruff of her neck and 
take charge of it. Um, and I think her influence was stifled. They obviously played a bit of a um, tag on her, uh, but she worked through it. And I thought that was really good. You know, taking the four marks, laying six tackles, kicking a goal. Um, as you say, Jay, like would have been good if she'd been able to have the opportunity to have that shot at the end of that first quarter. Um, but it wasn't to be. Uh, but just the way she um, uh, just battles all game, I think it's absolutely first rate. So three votes to uh, to Maddie Prisbarkas. How about yourself, mate? How'd you read it? Yeah, no doubt it was the best on the round. I thought Madison Prisbarkas. Um, plus, she's a bit quiet in the third. Um, but as you say, I think they put a lot of work into her. Mm. But her last quarter was, you know, she tried to will the team over the line. And what I did notice is that... Um, yeah, there's a lot of talk about the bad blood between, you know, uh, Sparkus and G coming across from Carlton. Mm. What I would say is that I wouldn't, I didn't think they went after him too hard, and maybe that's the presence of Sparkus. Probably no one wanted to really go too hard at her because she looks like she'd be able to look after herself, mate. Yeah, but um, yeah, and I, I think uh, you know, she really is. I know she's not in the um. Yeah, she's not named as a, a captain, but you can see she's got leadership abilities. Yeah. Um, she's probably at that stage where she's uh, focusing on her her game, you know, to get the best out of herself. Mm. But no, I really loved her game, and again, um, you know, she stood out to me the most. I actually gave two votes to Too Good, and it might seem strange because she didn't actually get her, um, you know, any goals this week, but. Yeah, she took a lot of marks, um, really leading up at the ball. Yeah. Even in that last play, mate, she nearly dragged the marks. It yeah. would have been interesting. Mm. But, um, yeah, again, I thought she was really good and it's good to have a player like uh, like that, you know, because watching the other games, there's not many forwards that really demand the footy, mm. um, you know, in the, in the female game that I've noticed. Uh, yeah. And I think Bonnie's one that, yeah, she's a real focal point and a target that you can aim for. And I gave the one vote to Stephanie Kane. Uh, it's pleasing, mate, that both our captains uh, really stood up. Mm. And I think you know, it was a game where, you know, especially our younger players really needed that leadership. Yeah. So to see all three of the girls I gave votes to really being present, uh, yeah, it really helped a lot of them through. And I'd like to give an honourable mention to Amber Clark. I thought, you know, in her second game, she really showed why the club, you know, picked her up. Mm. She had a bit of speed. Uh, you know, she used the ball pretty well, I thought. And, you know, certainly has some you know, nice play to look forward to in the future. So how are we looking at our votes after two weeks, mate? Yeah, beauty. Well, it's, uh, I suppose, a couple of standouts here. Um but if I read them all out, so on two votes apiece, you've got Stephanie Kane, Jackie Voigt, uh, Paige Scott. On six votes, you got Bonnie Toogood. And on the 12 votes, you've got Madison Prisbarkas. Yeah, well, it's an interesting start to, to the game. Isn't it? And I'm really looking forward to, uh, I think we play at 6.10pm uh, uh, over in WA next Sunday night. So, mm. uh, yeah, we can... Another excellent game to look forward to next week. Absolutely. Let's have a break, mate, and we'll come back. Uh, we'll just pick up whatever whatever news we've heard over the last week, um, and we'll come back to that. 
and you're listening to Don's Cast. And mate, um, it's been a very quiet week in terms of solid news, especially with the coaching search. Um, mm. Haven't heard any other names than the ones that have previously been mentioned. Nothing coming out of left field, and no leaks at all. It seems from the board or the, you know, uh, Jordan Lewis was quizzed on this on uh, one of the AFL three hundred and sixty programs. Mm. Uh, he said, oh, we we haven't been involved in this part. We had a meeting on, I think, Friday to talk about what the process would be, but we still haven't been provided a shortlist yet. Uh, and he believed that Josh Marnie and uh, other people were uh, assessing the options and then they were going to come back to the, the selection party, I guess, to... Uh, yeah, you know, to then go through, mm. you know, and they, he said he presumed they'd probably come back with you know, five names um, of the players, of, of the coaches that potentially could be considered. Uh, and there were some murmurs that that first week or the week just gone was about us making some calls to coaches that may already have gigs that would be separate to a process. So, for example, if you are going to offer Ken Hinckley, you can't mm-hmm. say to Hinckley, uh, yep, come through, um, do our process and come out on top yeah. and give you the job. Yeah. He, he's got a contract at Port Adelaide. Yeah. He's not going to be part of any process. You'd have to, in a sense, uh, poach him out of there. Mm. So you'd have to give him the job on the assurance that he's going to leave Port Adelaide. Yeah. Um, that's not likely to happen, mate. I haven't heard any update on that at all, but he sounds very invested in report. Yep. Yeah, I think the dream scenario would have been that Damien Hardwick had had enough at Richmond and looked at you know, their list and thought, you know, it's ageing. Mm. Um, you know, maybe I'm ready for a new challenge. But, you know, I think with his close links to Ben Rutten, he's unlikely to then take... In effect, his position. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we can rule him out. And I guess the Bulldogs are the only other team, you know, after being bundled out of the finals. Mm. They, um, you know, they basically could then become, you know, beverage could potentially become available. But he doesn't seem like the kind of coach that Essendon would kind of appreciate. Um, <laughs> in terms of, <laughs> he's outspoken. Um, mm. And... Sometimes, I don't know if you remember that first week of the season, mate, where he got into the um, got into the media. I remember that about <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't think we'll go down that route. So, yeah, I think I'm surely we'll have a better idea this week of at least some names who are actually putting their hand up mm. because uh, <clears throat> there's nothing solid coming out of it at the moment. Just on that, James, it's been mentioned by a few coaches or a few people uh, who could be strong candidates and like Ross Lyon, um, James Hurd uh, and others that have said, oh, I'll go through the process if Essendon give me a call and ask me to go through. Um, now, I can understand, uh, I suppose, people's reluctance at wanting to go through a process if James Hurd's there um, and you think it's a predetermined outcome. Um but I guess for mine, you know, it's 
for me, I feel it's it's a bit arrogant for someone to say, if the club calls me to ask me to go through the process, then I'll go through it. But what are your sort of thoughts on that? Um, well, the only thing is, like, and we're not sure, you'd have to be an internal system, I'd imagine. Like, can they put their hand up for a job that's not advertised? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. we don't even know, you know, maybe that's what they're saying is that if you're shortlisting us, you'll make that call and then ask us to go through the process. Mm. Um, so I think that's my read on it is that, you know, it's not like there's a, a job title in the newspaper and you uh, apply for it. No, I didn't see it on Seek, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I did see the funny version where someone offered to do it for five bucks and they knew some dodgy mates who lived in the corner that could get some a, a new supplement program. But, um, right. yeah, yeah that, he thought that was quite comical. But, um, yeah, no, uh, nothing... That, so we're not even sure how this process was. And as I said, that there was an assumption made that they were looking at the coaches already in the system, but, you know, actually holding positions mm-hmm. in the last week to see if, if there was anyone that could be prized out. And um, I, I guess now the club will have to, you know, seek applications or whether they've identified them themselves um, and ask, you know, the people to enter the process. So, you know, not knowing how it's conducted, it's hard to kind of judge, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I guess maybe that's what the coaches are alluding to. You know, you talk about Heard and Lyon, who, who have both said, well, like Lyon said it was confusing, you know, so he obviously heard the murmurs about himself, mm-hmm. but he hadn't spoken to anyone from Essendon. So I guess that would be kind of a bit funny um, that you're having all this media attention that the club itself hadn't made contact. Well, well, I guess, you know, if that first week was just establishing, you know, who are we going to look at or what kind of coach do we need and all the rest of it, you know, you can understand why Essendon hasn't reached out to people because, you know, I guess we've been very guilty of um, just looking for that quick fix, the Band-Aid that's going to come in. Um, you know, solve all our all our problems. Um, so we're we're looking to go through a proper process, which I think is absolutely needed. Um, and really, to me, it seems like the media is really driving this. Oh, you, you need to get someone and get them quickly, kind of thing. Whereas the board might be taking their time. I don't know. That's mm. that's just one avenue of I'm sort of thinking. You know, maybe that's why. We haven't heard much yet because, mm. you know, they're setting the proper roadblocks in place. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see how everything goes. But I guess it, I'm actually, um, you know, as much as I'd, I'd like to know everything and all the rest of it, I'm actually quite, um, you know, pleased we've seemed to to plug the leaks. Um, you know, we're not hearing everything that's going on because um, that's been a, a problem of ours for a long time. So, um, yeah, I guess... Another watch this space area for Essendon, but um, we'll certainly be uh, you know waiting eagerly in anticipation of any news about that process. That's right, and I guess the only other thing you know we still haven't had any update on the CEO yet. Mm. Um, I imagine that will be a bit more fluent, but again, are they waiting for that external review um, before making that kind of decision? Mm. Which we're told could be a, a six to eight week process, mate. So. You've got to think these kind of 
things are really slowing down our opportunities. Uh, we heard mm. during the past week that Cam Zerha chose to sign on with, uh, with North Melbourne um, mm. after us expressing strong interest in him. Uh, and again, I, you can't help but think this yeah, position where we're at, where it's such uh, uncertainty, you can't mm. even tell a player who you're trying to get into the club who our coach is, uh, what style they want to play, you know, what their training routine will be and expectations and so forth. So I think it's mm. really hard um, for us to track players. But nonetheless, mate, we've been linked to many. Mm. Um, usually, you know, loosely dunked, uh, sorry, loosely kind of uh, applied to um, Dunkley. But again, it's looking more likely Brisbane and Port Adelaide. So we're, we're kind of an afterthought now. Um, mm. Jordan DeGoey is another one, mate, that's just come up. And apparently we had a presentation with a select number of senior players, including Jake Stringer, to try and, um, you know, actually present to Jordan about the benefits of playing at Essendon. Um, so, I, again, I, I can't see any of these going anywhere without a coach. Um so I think sometimes we just get linked because of our, you because know, they know that we've got a war chest. Yeah. Um, every player, mate, is kind of loosely linked linked to us. Yeah. Um, you, know, you had Junior Rioli, um, you know, out at West Coast, um, loosely linked to him. But again, North Melbourne and all the, yeah, North Melbourne's linked to a number of players, mm. and. Uh, yeah, that sliding doors moment, mate, with Clarkson going there. You know, <laughs> we're gonna get used to now. We're we're an afterthought compared to North Melbourne, and that's a real slap in the face to yeah. people who you know have been following the club for a long time. Yeah, to think a club like North Melbourne is more attractive than us. Um but it's just the position we're in at the moment. But yeah, uh other players, Darcy Tucker was another one. Um Midfielder from Frio. Mm. Again, he was linked strongly to us at one stage, but seems like North Melbourne's hit the front in that as well. So, yes, it's uh, one of those things. But any other names you've heard of, mate? Uh, not particularly. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a huge amount of, um, I suppose, talent just out there waiting to be plucked off the tree. Um, so whether there's some money ball kind of picks out there where, you know, some solid players that could contribute. I think one thing we're really going to have to, you know, sort of look at is um, what role and for how long do we need um, you know, these players to uh, come in for? I think the, you know, we don't need, oh, I personally, you know, as much as you'd love superstars, I think the thing we need more is, you know, leadership and, you know, proper veterans uh, that have been around a while, um, you know, in, in all areas of the ground, particularly, um, you know, down back and up forward uh, to straighten us up and, you know, to make sure we keep our structures when things aren't going our way. I think that's a real area of need for us to um, uh, straighten that up. So whether we you know, pick up a bunch of veterans that are still playing decent footy, so you, you, know, you look at your Gunstons or... Um, you know, guys like that. Um, 
I was trying to think of the uh, Frio defenders. Um, oh, um, Griffin Logue? Yeah, Griffin Logue. He, he'd be a good one. Well, Wouldn't again, mind. we're loosely linked to him, but again, it's North Melbourne that's yeah. stronger linked to him now. Yeah, but that's um, the thing. I mean, they can't pick up everyone. Um, so, yeah, we need to put forward our, our best case. And, um, you know, if, if the players are, are properly... Um, driven in this, um, they should be making themselves available for um, I suppose yeah, selling the club and uh, and all the rest of it um, but uh, again I don't see there's you know, a mountain of just super A graders just ready to be plucked off um, you know, as long as we show enough um, you know, cash their way I, I think we're going to have to be smart with our selections Um yeah, potentially look at the, uh, uh, I suppose, the next two years as, you know, years of development and then start to properly um, contend from thereafter. Or if we're assured of getting a gun like a... Uh, um, uh, Harry Mackay, you mean? Like a, yeah, like a Mackay or... Um, bloody hell, names are just forgot. Yeah. Well, like Mackay, we, were, we were linked to during the week as well, mate, where... Apparently, we started the process with Charlie Curnow and before he signed with Carlton, mm. and now we've reloaded. And, you know, it, it probably wouldn't happen this year because he's a free agent. Um, and what it means by that, he's not a free agent yet. It's the following year. Mm. But SNR oil reports are ready to offer a, a jaw-dropping deal to Harry Mackay. Mm. Uh, and we're talking... Figure of you know, upwards of 1.2 million mate, for uh, a long period five to six years. Oosh. Um, it's a massive gamble. Um, but this is the kind of money you have to do to kind of prize someone out of Carlton and make sure that they can't actually have match that kind of offer. Mm. Probably one plus for us, and I don't know how much it's worth to a senior player, but um, he was an Essendon supporter growing up, mate. So <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm sure he, uh, yeah, you can appeal in that way as well, but mm. yeah, he seems very well settled. Carlton, and probably having someone like Charlie Kerno uh, playing in front of you makes your job that much easier. Mm. So, uh, yeah, if you think about it professionally, you know, do you want to be somewhere where you're going to cop, you know, no doubt the number one defender and probably the number three defender coming across as well. Mm. Or do you want to stay at Carlton where, you know, it's impossible to watch both of them at the same time. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting, but I'm glad we're kind of exploring those kind of ambitious yeah. goals. Yeah. Yeah, but Dunk Dunkley's the, the one I, I really want. Um, yeah, I know we went hard at him last time and I think, you know, we went about that respectful way. We we offered as much as could reasonably be expected, I think. Um, so I guess from the Dunkley side of things, he'd go, okay, look, you know, I, I put my interest towards them. They put my interest towards me. Um, weren't able to get a deal done, but it wasn't due to Essendon not being willing to to put up the value. Uh, unfortunately, the dogs, you know, whatever we valued, they then, you know, I suppose renege on that and, Go okay, and we want you know a pack of chips and everything else as well. well so. I think in the end they wanted two first round draft picks, and that was yeah. the year we got Perkins and Cox, and 
um, thing. And when you think about it, that would be they you know, just can't give away two top ten draft picks. You know, mm. Ridiculous to do so. Yeah. Um, and even if they'd done it, you know, this year and next year, is that yeah, it would have effectively been could have been someone like Perkins and Hobbs mm. for Dunkley. Now, uh, I'd much rather have me eggs in two baskets than one. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly we should be going hard at him. You know, no one will be able to offer the money we can um, if we really want him. But again, he's got to have faith that he can get to us. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, would Essendon give up pick four, for example, or potentially next year's first, which could end up being at this stage, mate. It, you know, we're no guarantee to be out of the bottom four again. You know, that we could certainly be there again. So, again, it could be a very high draft pick. Mm. Uh, so, again, those are the kind of decisions you've got to make. Um, and, you know, the, you know, don't envy Dodoro's job at the moment because he doesn't even know who he's picking for, you know, what coaches will want. So, it does make it difficult for him. Mm. Another player talked about, mate, and unfortunately he's not going to come back to Essendon on the sound, is Connor McKenna. Mm. Uh, by all reports, his favourite to go to Brisbane. Uh, Geelong are loosely linked, but more so Brisbane now. Uh, yeah, he, I think he feels he felt pretty shunned by the club, especially after that COVID outbreak. And, you know, uh, apparently he was taking the task about that and, by reports, he was just visiting some family, and mm. so he felt really disconnected after that. Um, so, unfortunately, we're not a consideration at this stage. But yeah, uh, it would have been nice to have his run and dash again. Yeah, it would have, and that's that's really disappointing. Uh, but I mean, I like I feel like you know, from an Essendon point of view, uh, if the large part of his career with us, we did put our arms around him. You know, we'd let him. Go away back to back to Ireland to see his family, um, you know, every so often. Um, you know, when he wasn't happy playing down back, we we let him try his uh, trade down forward and things like that. And then uh, because of that that one incident, um, which I understand was, uh, you know, Xavier Campbell's uh, responsibility. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone. Mm, but that's, um, that's what my belief is. Yeah, he's gone now. Um, so, you know, if that's what the problem was, um, I, I, for mine, it seems like pretty bad faith. This, um, if yeah, Connor McKenna's is on that stuff going back to Essendon, um, because I understand he's got some good friendships still in Essendon, you know, Laverde and, and guys like that. Um, so I do feel disappointed if he's not looking at us, but. Again, I suppose, you know, if he's not happy to play for the Bombers, um, then he's not going to perform for us out on the field. So we, we need people who, who want to play for Essendon, who want to represent the Sash. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd love for Conor McKenna to come back. Uh, but if it's not to be the case, um, yeah, we look on to our next options. That's right. Well, um, so let's finish off this segment, mate. We'll have one more break and we'll come back with the first 12. Uh, season review for players numbers 1 to 12.
and you're listening to Don's Cast as we go through our season review for each player uh, who wore their respective numbers. And as always, we start with number one, Andrew McGrath. He played 18 games this year. He averaged 21 disposals. And, mate, how many Don's Cast medal votes did he pull? Well, mate, he only racked up the six Don's Cast medal votes for the season, mate. Yeah, so it's a bit disappointing how we picked him up as number one draft pick. Mm. Um, and I still feel he hasn't been settled into a, a proper position. He's played 111 games for us, mate. Um, so you would think that by now we would have worked out where we wanted to play him. But, uh, you know, and I think that's a bit of an indictment on the coaching staff, more so Ben Rutten. Mm. Um, you know, I think most supporters will say his best football is played down back. Yep. Uh, we just never let him really settle there. We want to pull him up into the midfield, make him something he's not, mm. um, especially with the midfield we have. It's a similar height to the ones we have. So there's no point of difference. Mm. I'd much rather him become like a premier, you know, uh, back pocket or half-back flanker who you can bank on each week, uh, you know, to lock down his player and, and provide a bit of drive and run. Yeah, uh, and I really think that's what's hurt him. Yeah, you know, uh, I said at the start of this, today's pod, mate, that your projection on this kind of player, like I'm projecting him to have a much bigger year next year. Yep, I think yeah, you know, if he gets the right coach, you can yeah you know, really identify where he wants to be used and make it clear. Because one thing Andy's got is a terrific footy brain mm. and IQ. So I think. You know, he's obviously, you know, he's a deputy vice captain, mate. You know, so he's got leadership abilities. Mm. Uh, we spoke to Robert Shaw about that. And he was very strong on Andy's ability to be a leader. Yeah. So, look, he's still only 24. So it's not like, you know, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, and we should say the number two pick, mate, uh, Tim Taranto. Mm. He, by all reports, is going to Richmond. So uh, as much as people say we've got the pick wrong, uh, you know, Taranto's already bailed on a team. Uh, yeah. And you think if that was Taranto with us now, mm. if he was ever going to bail, it would have been now. Yeah, um, Andy signed on for another two years. So, again, that's a little bit of leadership from Andy um, mm. to, to stay you know, strong with us. Yeah. But how did you see his year, mate? Uh, pretty disappointing. Um, yeah, realistically, because yeah, I mean, like he's got all these traits. He does have the good footy brain uh, that you mentioned. He's um, he does have the the tools to play in that midfield, but I think he's not suited there. Like with his his agility, he's like he's got a good burst of speed. So a, a little bit of point of difference there. But one thing he continues to do, Jane, is panic with the footy in hand. Um, the the kicks over the shoulder, um, yeah, handballs to blokes under pressure. Uh, I, yeah, to me, I've I found that really frustrating. Um, yeah, when you've got someone who you know is really talented, um, but just uh, yeah, I suppose not putting it out there to the uh, to their best ability. And I think you're right there, James, in, in regards to the position. It would be confusing for a bloke to go, okay, where am I playing this week? Um, uh, you know, what role do I need to play? You'd rather than settle in one position and, and play there consistently. Um, 
But I think overall, I've, I have been disappointed in his output for the year. He shows bits and pieces here and there where you're like, oh, there we go. Like, I remember um, early on in the season, James, we were really um, talking about, like everyone talks about these leadership capacities that he's got, but he, um, yeah, he, he he wasn't one to fly the flag. He wasn't one to stick up for a teammate. Uh, and then we saw it against, I think it might have been Sydney, um, where he started to, you know, go up against some some quite big dudes, um, you know, and really get in their face. And he thought, oh, that's the kind of stuff we need from him. Um, uh, I'm beginning to think it probably wasn't Sydney, mate, because that, that game was absolute trash. <laughs> oh, no, it was the second game against Sydney. It was, um, yeah, the G. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah he, but like, so he, he's got it within him. Jane, um, but we just haven't seen it, and and certainly his composure with the footy has been, um, oh, it's just you know I'm not confident when he's got the ball in hand that he's going to make the right decision. Um, so as one of our you know uh, deputy vice captains, I was I was pretty um, uh, yeah I suppose disappointed with that. Um, Are you projecting to have a much better season next year? I would bloody hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, he comes across as a, a pretty proud person, someone that sets himself to pretty high standards. And I, I would say these last couple of years, he hasn't reached those standards. Um, and I think really, if the if the players look deep within themselves, they they have to go, okay, look, yeah, yes, the problem's got the club has problems, but um, part of the problem is the the playing group themselves, and they need to. I suppose help the club lift themselves out of this, um, take some responsibility there. So um I would I would hope and expect um a level of improvement from McGrath, particularly if he gets settled in a position and um can really uh, I suppose work with that down there. And I mean you look at um you know potential movements. So I dare say uh Dyson Heppel's finished at half back. Um I don't think he's got the speed to keep up with um you know forwards these days. So, you know, I would hope McGraw would have a more steady role down back and then he can concentrate on that and just um, play in that role. So uh, I guess that's how I'm hoping to see it, that he will improve. But what about yourself, mate? Yeah, same. I, yeah, I think you have, you know, he just needs that clarity where he's playing, what's his expectations, and I'm sure he'll pick it up and run with it. Mm. Um, number two, mate, is Sam Draper. Um and fantastic for Sam. He was able to play a full season. So he played mm. all 22 games. Yep. He ended up kicking 12 goals. So, you know, kicking a goal every, you know, <laughs> almost every second match, right? Mm. Um, and we all know about that classic goal that he kicked against Gold Coast. Uh, mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And look, I think with Sam, I project him to go even further up. Yeah, you know, we've got to remember his rough when he, he's only 23. Um, and you know, I still think he's learning the game a lot. Yeah, I think uh, you know, again, it comes down to coaching as well how much you get out of these players. Mm. So, he gets some good coaching behind him. There's one thing we kind of lamented this year with him, he just didn't get his hands on the ball enough uh, as a marking option. Yeah, you know, some games there'll be like one mark or two marks, that's it for the whole match. Mm. Um, we need him to lift that, you know, should be aiming to really be a target for us, even if we're kicking out or, you know, these kind of things. We can't go through games where our Ruckman's only having one mark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's got to get stronger 
uh, with his position. Um, and yeah, in terms of knowing his positioning on the field and, you know, try and intercept marks, try and be involved more up forward, uh, you know, when we, when we start creating attack runs. Yeah. But, uh, how did you see you see the mate? Yeah, I thought it was really promising. I mean, yeah, I think he started quite slow this season. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of us were kind of of a mind like, bloody hell, yeah, we thought this bloke, you know, was about to take the take the game by a storm. And as you say, his, his marking present just just wasn't there. Uh, his kicking seemed to have actually gone back at a rate of knots, um, which was pretty concerning from the level it was at. Um, but as he got into the season, I think he started to really um, – uh, you know, really lift and and see his value in the side as someone who can um, you know, help the team lift. Like he, and that's a that's a massive, I suppose, unquantifiable value that he brings to the side, James. Because um, it's you don't see it on a stat sheet, uh, but certainly when he gets up and about, he makes blokes walk taller around him. Um, I think his physicality at the early part of the season was lacking, uh, but he he picked that up as his confidence grew. Um, and his form started to pick up. So I think it was a really promising year for him. He's still getting found out by the best rucks in the competition. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any secrets there, but, um, yeah, I guess he's learning to, I suppose, stay in the contest um, at a more consistent level throughout games, not just a five-minute patch here or there. And I think, um, yeah, he's still young, he's still raw, um, he's got so much um, just raw ability. We just need to hone that, um, I suppose, get some discipline about when to go, when not to go. Um, because, you, like, for me, he just creates so much excitement. I'll wear the when he gets um, a bit overexcited and he gets taken down at a tackle or something like that. Yeah, as long as he's taking the game on. That's the part I love about him, so I don't want to curtail that at all. Um, but I think he does show, show some really promising signs. I'll, yeah, he kicked a couple of really nice goals. Um, he started taking some marks down defence, uh, which is good to see uh, toward the back end of the season. Um, but I think, you know, if as he learns to, um, you know, I suppose show a bit more ruck craft and um, will actually start to get some advantage because he's getting a lot of tap outs, but it's not necessarily gone to advantage, James. So as soon as we're able to sort of work with that, actually get those taps going down the throat of our midfielders. Um, he'll become a really dangerous proposition. So, um, yeah, I thought he had a, a decent season in the end uh, from a slow start. Um, and definitely I see him, uh, yeah, continuing to lift over the next year. But what about yourself, mate? Yeah, so, yeah, same thing. I'm projecting to have a better season. Um, and I just want to really emphasise, yeah, he's marking mm. for the whole year through 22 games, mate. He took 35 marks. So he's averaged 1.6 marks per game, mm. which is you know, really low. You know? So I think he can certainly lift on that rating. Mm. Number three, mate, is Darcy Parrish. And, you know, unfortunately for Darcy, he picked up an injury and uh, he missed a lot of footy in the end. He just played 16 games. Um, and you know, I found when he came back, he just wasn't the same player, mate. He, yeah, uh, yeah. He started the season well, and I think he led the Don's Cast Medal votes. And just yeah. on that, mate, how many votes did? Um, yeah, I just realised yeah. I forgot that. So uh, Draper got thirty-three uh, Don's Cast Medal votes, wow. and uh, Darcy Parish, while on there, he had fifty-six. 
Yeah. But I think, you know, early in the season, Darcy Parrish led it by a long way. Because mm. I thought Zach Merritt actually started the season fairly slow and then picked up an injury. Yep. Um, so Darcy was leading the way early. But as women we were playing probably our worst footy mm. at the start of the year. Um, and I guess some of the speculation was that, you know, does he help us? Um, mm. You know, have we got too many midfielders at the same type? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, was he expendable? Uh, you know, I'd like to think not. You know, I think he's, mm-hmm. you know, really could be a really important player for us. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, like, yeah, he's just 25 years of age, so got plenty of footy in front of him. Mm. Uh, and you know he's, yeah, he's played 132 games for us, mate. And yeah, we all remember him. Yeah, how, yeah, when he came in 2016, mate, when um, all our players have been rubbed out, he, mm. he was basically thrown into the senior side straight away. And I still remember that goal he kicked against Melbourne yep. in our first victory of that year. Um, so again. Darcy's you know, with us for a couple more years at least, you know, uh, and I, I think yeah, he's the one that you really want to um, see him project much higher because we saw last year, mate, he pulled quite high in the brown line. I think he's in the top five. Yeah, so, fifth or sixth, yeah. Yeah, so he can certainly find the footy. Um, his disposal can certainly hurt at times, um, but he still averaged 31 disposals a game, mate, so he, you can find the footy, no problem. Yep. Uh, it's just about being more damaging and, um, you know, working on that combination of him and Merritt, who are obviously our prime movers, and along with Shield, um, yeah, just get them working it. Yeah, because I think sometimes they get they both hunt the same footy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so they just need to find out, you know, some better patterns, you know, running patterns and so forth. And, Try and link up more rather than be around the same area. Mm. But um, what about you, mate? Are you projecting to have a better unit here? I will, um, because I think, you know, there's no doubt um, Darcy Parrish knows how to find the footy. That's never been a an issue, um, you know, over the last couple of years. Obviously, he's, he's uh, you know, he's won his position in that midfield uh, to be one of our sort of better contested midfielders. The next level of progression, though, is actually hurting opposition um, with those possessions. Um, you know, too often he's accumulated huge numbers, particularly this season, uh, but not actually hurt the opposition with those possessions. And I think that's been the, I guess, disappointment. But I think a lot of fans, mate, um, you know, we've got short memories um, because people go, oh, you know, we've got too many of that sort of midfielder, you know, He's the one on the chopping block. I yeah, strongly disagree um, because as good as, uh, you know, I suppose Merritt, Shiel, uh, yeah, they're different types of midfielders for mine. Um, I suppose the similarities are more towards your, your Caldwell, uh, potentially a, a Perkins or so, but, um, you know, you'd much rather, uh, yeah, those guys be able to value add. Um, yeah, I think, Perkins in particular, you know, has that real X factor where he can, you know, go mid, but also, you know, go up forward and be that excitement. Uh, I suppose have a bit of X factor around goal. Um, knows how to find him. Um, 
which is good. So I'd I'd much rather keep um, keep Parrish in that midfield, but he does need to work on his possessions uh, and actually using the ball efficiently. Um, so lots of kicking practice for Darcy Parrish, um, but I think that goes across you know all our players. Uh, to be quite frank, um, you know our kicking efficiency in particular um, isn't great. Uh, handball is better, but we still make some poor decisions. And um, look, also with um, Darcy Parrish, um, I don't think he had a great season. Um, you know, as much as he's you know racked up his fifty six votes, um, there was a lot of games, Jane, where we were literally scratching our head, going, oh, "Who do you give votes to?" Um, because the performance across the ground was was pretty woeful. Um, for a lot of those games where we were largely uncompetitive and Darcy Parrish and um, Zach Merritt in particular were getting those votes purely because, yeah, they've gone, okay, well, at least they're hunting the footy. They're racking up contested possessions. They're, um, you know, they're getting so many, you know, score involvements. Um, and, you know, that's literally all that went off. Um, it shouldn't be effort that wins you um, more votes than others. It should be your class, the, the attack you put in. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly points in this season, yeah, that's all we had to go off, Jane. So, um, I, I think he will lift. Um, obviously, um, contributed an injury, so um, that curtailed his, his season a bit. Uh, then when he did come back, I don't think he was 100% right. Um, but I do see him coming back with a vengeance, um, in improving that performance. Um, Hopefully over the preseason the boys are able to work together and get a bit more cohesion. You know, see the running patterns of each each player and all the rest of it. Uh, but yeah, for mine, um, yeah, not a fantastic season, but a pretty solid season overall for Darcy Parish. Well, one player that had a stinker of a season uh, and it started in round one about five minutes into the game, mate. Mm. Kyle Langford. Yeah. Um, he ended up playing just nine games. And when you count one of those games was Geelong, where he played five minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really was you know, one that you could only project him higher, mate, because he couldn't be more ground zero than than that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I just think with uh, Kyle, he, he can be a point of difference player. Yeah, he's got that mm. extra height. Um, he can be a, a good goal kicker at times. Yeah, uh, and he can rest in the midfield a bit. And it sounds funny to say rest in the midfield, but he he tends to play a lot of his footy on the wings and flanks. Mm. Um, but he's big enough player to play in the midfield and uh, and assist those smaller running brigade of our our mids. But yeah, he had a really poor season, more in terms of continuity and getting his body right to be able to play. Yeah, uh, yeah, he just wasn't the same kind of presence that we. No, Kyle can have. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, it's it's especially disappointing because we heard all all over the off season that yeah you know, he was training the house down, looking the strongest and fittest. He was showing plenty of leadership, and uh, he was really key to our um, I suppose setup around the the ball and the contest. And yeah, within five minutes of the season starting, he was cooked. Um, uh, so really disappointing. He um, only racked up the six. Uh, Don's cast medal votes um, again through that lack of you know, being able to get there out on the field, and I think yeah when we when he did come in, I don't think he he played amazingly, but he did show that point of difference and how important he can be to the side. Um, 
So absolutely, you see him on the up and up. Um, we just got to keep him fit and keep him out there. Um, so, um, yeah, hopefully whatever niggles um, get worked on um, over the off-season, you know, I don't know if that shoulder needs a bit more work uh, put into it, but, um, yeah, certainly hope he gets a uh, more consistent um, yeah, run at it next year because he certainly can be a very important player for us. And again, only 25 years of age, so mm-hmm. he's got plenty of footy in front of him and you know, he's a really important player for us. So, um, you know, I've got no doubts he'll have a better year if given the opportunity. Uh, a number that's going to become three, mate, is the number five, a famous number five, and that's because Dev Smith uh, made his retirement. Um, yeah. Yeah, had a year to run on his contract, so he's done the right thing in a way. He's realised his body just wasn't able to, you know, you know, we heard about these debilitating knee injuries he had. Um, you know, just were not going to get any better. Um, and, it, you know, we saw in that speech he did to the players when he announced his retirement, you know, mm-hmm. be in a hurry. You know, don't think you've got forever to achieve something. Yep. Chase it now. And I thought that was really good words by Dev. Mm. Um, we know he's got a really strong uh, friendship with Jake Stringer. Uh, um, so, yeah, Jake will miss Yeah. His presence, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it was really early games. Um, but you know, his average is like 9.8 disposals for the year, mate, per game. Mm. And he just played the eight games in the end. And one of those games, his last match was against the Hawks when we got up and won. Um, and he was a last minute call up, and he was, yeah, you know, there'd been a bit of talk he was going to do a mini preseason. Mm. Suddenly, he was named in the senior side because of five players going out. Yeah, yeah, little did we know that would be his last game of footy. Yeah, poor bugger. Um, I mean, look, um, you know, you have to be honest and say, like, up until that point, he he had been pretty frustrating with his form, but I think you know, obviously he'd been pretty frustrated as well. Like when your body's not allowing you to do the things that, uh, that your mind is, is urging it to do. Um, but yeah, he'd be frustrated. Um, and absolutely he's done the ultimate team thing, like the ultimate team sacrifice and, uh, you know, hang up his boots. Uh, so young blokes can get an opportunity. Um, in the ones, um, yeah, I'm sure he was, uh, well recompensed by the the coteries potentially, but um, you know he still had to make that that call in the end, and um, you know for that I think us as fans should be grateful for him that he's put the club above himself because uh, it would have been easy to to collect a paycheck when you were able to uh, necessarily deliver. Um, so I think yeah, it is sad to um, see blokes hang up the boots pretty early, um, but uh, look. Um, yeah, I guess thanks, Devin, for your for your time with us. Um, but uh, now we open up that number five locker uh, for someone else to uh, to come in and, and take the reins. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah, he was a very good player for us. Um, in his first year, he won the you know, Crichton medal, mate. Um, mm. and, and had the equal amount of tag- tackles in a match. Uh, sorry, in a season for a club. So. Yeah, well done to Dev on you know, a good career and you know, I'm sure he Rue's not being able to be a premiership player, you know, had the opportunity with the GWS. Mm. But um yeah, I'm glad that he's um you know come 
you know, come to the realisation, just wasn't able to perform. And as you say, mate, hasn't just decided to collect the paycheck, paycheck, sorry, and decided to um, you know, hang up the boots for the better good of the club. And as I said, it'll be interesting to see who gets the famous number five. Um, Joy Caldwell, mate, um, much better second season for us. Mm. Um, you know, after only playing two games last year, he's come back with 20. Had a little bit of an injury there, which forced him to miss a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, he had a much better second season. Average almost 19 disposals a game. Um, yeah, and, and basically he's still only 21 years of age, mate. So mm. I, I believe he's got a big future. Certainly does, mate. Um, yeah, and he played really solidly. I don't think he ever took any game by the scruff of the neck and, um, you yeah, know, was an absolute... Um, you know, played a played an absolute blind or anything like that, but he did play very solidly, um, yeah, throughout the course of the season. I thought, and to get twenty games under his belt, um, I suppose must give him a lot of confidence in his body, uh, but also the club a lot of confidence in him as well. I think, um, he did play some really important roles for us. Um, you know, we saw a couple of times he, he played a sort of defensive role in the midfield, um, where he was not only able to, I suppose, nullify opposition mids uh, to a degree, but also, yeah, collect his own footy. So um, to add that sort of string to your bow is pretty bloody handy. Um, but, yeah, I thought he had a, a pretty solid season and absolutely I'll see him again on the up and up. I mean, he's only, what, 21 um, yeah, or so? Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of, you know, he's got a bright future in front of him. So, um, yeah, it was great he was able to put together a full season of footy and, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing him coming back and, um yeah, growing and continue to develop into the the player we all think he can be. Yeah, I still remember Phil Davis, uh, his quote, and um, he said, "If I could give anyone a ten year deal at GWS, mm. I'd give it to Jai Caldwell." And that's how much talent he saw in in Jai. Yeah. Um, it was funny after that comment, he was the one that left. But um, you know, like they. The GWS players just held him in such high regard as a, you know, coming up and coming player for their team, um, and he's got, you know, again, uh, strong leadership abilities as well. So I believe he'll be developed as a leader as well. Um, so yeah, a good season, good second season for us with uh, Jai Caldwell, mm. um, Zach Merritt. Uh, oh, mate, just give us the Don's cards medal votes. Any for um, Smith or... Yeah, none, none for Smith, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Caldwell racked up the 12 Don's cards medal votes. Yeah. yeah, I reckon he can project on that for sure. Mm. Um, Zach Merritt, definitely uh, yeah, he won now Don's cards medal votes. Uh, how many did he get, mate? He racked up 91. 91, yeah. And you know, he missed a couple of games. He, he played 19 in the end. So... He only missed three games, which is hard to believe because I remember at one stage you're supposed to miss eight to ten weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was going to be a massive loss. Um, average the thirty disposals a game. Uh, you know, and we know with Zach, he usually uses the ball very well. But uh, yeah, and yeah, he's he's the player with the most or the longest contract. Um, so he's with us for at least another five or six years, mate. So, mm. um, you know, he said recently on. AFL 360, uh, um, last year before he signed on, he, 
wanted to make sure the club has all its uh, ducks in a row before signing. Mm. And uh, he said it's disappointing to find it in the mess that it is now. Yep. But he said, you know, if it can get, if the club can get on its feet and, and actually set the, you know, find who the coach is going to be, he'll buy into that immediately. So, yeah, you know, I didn't kind of sense it as a, you know, spitting the dummy. Mm. Yeah, you know, obviously did his due diligence last year. Would have liked to have known where the club was heading. Yep. And obviously there's been a massive change. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be for the better. And it's good to know Zach Merrick's still only 26 years of age, mate. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, he actually, he pretty, he kind of impressed me, um, Jane, because I thought he was the one player who consistently performed throughout the duration of the season. And that includes those games where, um, you know, he was coming back from injury and we all knew he wasn't 100% fit. Um, but his his actual output performance-wise um, was still quite good. Um and he continues to build from there and, and take the game on and all the rest of it. I mean, even those last few games where we were getting pumped, um, he was one bloke who could, you know, keep his head held high um, at the end of the game, you know, having, you know, put everything out there, um, you know, to, I suppose, help the team, um, you know, stay competitive to a degree. Um, so I, I thought he had a, quite a good year, but I do think, he is another who, who can lift, and um, I I would like to see um, you know the the captaincy be taken off uh, Dyson Heppel and you know bestowed upon Zach Merritt. I think um, he's one that would um, yeah potentially really benefit um, from taking that captaincy on and and you know being the bloke to set standards and um, give direction to the club. I think you know he obviously found himself on the outer um, last year because it sounded like he was, you know, boys thought he was a bit harsh or, you know, setting too high standards or something like that. But honestly, that's that's what we need as a football club. Um, you know, someone to uh, set standards and keep players accountable to him. And I'm I'm hoping if we can set some um, you know, good leadership around him, um, that's the kind of stuff that Zach Merritt will be able to bring in. All right. So I think he's one who could, um, you know, take that mantle on and actually um, improve with his performance. Um, what about yourself, mate? What do you reckon? Well, I just think the other thing missing from Zach's game at the moment, he kicked six goals for the year. Mm. Uh, I just think he needs to get on the scoreboard more, you know. Yeah. Uh, back himself in, you know, when he gets the ball in the midfield and, you know, he's got a bit of space, he should be looking to, rather than looking to pass, if he's got, you know, Meters in front of him mm. to be really trying to take the game on because I, I think as a as a captain, mate, those captain goals out like that can really lift the team. Yeah. So yeah, I think he he just needs to add that kind of element to his game because mm. six goals throughout a whole year, you know, where he's played nineteen matches, just not enough. I'm, you know, want to see him get that at least over ten and potentially even more. But you know, I think he. Um, can definitely add that uh, part to his game. Yep. Um, ben Hobbs made our first round draft pick from last year. Mm. Um, and he had a great first season, I thought, you know, 
Uh, he wasn't immediately picked, but he ended up playing 17 games. Now, mm. a few of those were a sub and he probably didn't get on the ground. But he did get, you know, a lot of games into him. He ended up averaging uh, 15 disposals almost a game. Um, and, you know, considering our midfields, midfielders are all around the same height and so forth, mm. he did well to get some midfield minutes uh, as a first-year player. Mm. Uh, so I really think he's got a bright future. Uh, you know, I hope he doesn't have a, like a second year blues kind of, you know, what we saw with Nick, Nick Cox. But I, mm. I think with um, Ben Hobbs, he is such a, uh, such he's such a, a own player who wants to hold himself accountable. He's yep. got real strong leadership ability as well. Mm. Yeah, and um, I think he wouldn't allow that to happen. I, I think he's going to really escalate quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he racked up the 10 Doncaster medal votes throughout the year, so he impressed us um, and I'm sure many other Bournemouth fans. Um, interesting to note, mate, you know, as much as he got these, uh, what, 17 games or so in the end, he actually didn't play last um, you know, two or three games of the season, if I remember rightly. That's right, yeah, which, uh, which was strange, really, because we uh, had nothing to play for, so you just give the young players as much opportunity. Yeah, so which was um yeah really disappointing and um so I'm, I imagine um yeah a new coach coming in surely they're going to look at a bloke like that and go well this kid can play he wants the contest he loves the hard stuff um you know, puts his body on the line yeah I'd love to see that being rewarded um yeah you know, with games uh, I was just going to jump in there I, the only thing I could give him an out for remember he caught that really hard collision mm. looks like his shoulder might have um. Been pretty sore. I, I think yeah, it, was really, it might have been against North, maybe. Um, but it was a, a real hard collision, mm. and um, I just thought maybe they were trying to. I know he is still picked as sub. Maybe they didn't think he had four quarters in him. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm just trying to search for an out for him. Mm, oh, look, I think you're a very generous guy, James. Like, <laughs> I mean, potentially that's that's there. We don't we don't know, but. Mm. Um, Look, um, yeah, for Ben Hobbs, I, I think, yeah, a really good uh, you know, year for him development-wise. You know, I'd, I'd love to see him improve. I imagine he may, um, you know, given, I suppose, those second-year blues, mate, I don't see him going back. Um, but it wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if he stayed around this same level of, of output. Um, and I wouldn't be disappointed by that um, because I think what he actually showed out there was, um, yeah, it was really valuable, Um yeah, that that want for the contest, and um, there was a couple of games there where you know in the fourth quarter where most other blokes were were tiring, he was the one who willed himself to the next contest and the next contest and the next contest. Like um, he just seems an animal for it, James. And I think that kind of stuff can't be taught. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'd love to see him, um, you know, play as many games as possible next year. Um, so I, and I think there's there's a real um, yeah, good player there. We've we've really plucked one. Um, yeah, he slid slid in that draft from um, where he was expected to go, um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see a really bright future for Ben Hobbs. So I thought a really good season. Yeah, as a first year player, and I can only see him uh, you know improving from here on. Uh, Dylan Shield, uh, he got out there in the end for nineteen matches. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, we, we all heard the abuse he copped after the, or the criticism he copped after the Sydney, first Sydney game, mm. um, you know, where his work rate was questioned. Uh, you know, basically didn't look like he was putting the full, full effort in. Uh, you have to give him a huge congratulations on the way that he responded to that. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, one of the best clearance players in the competition, you know, averages six clearances a game and which just puts him in the elite category, mate. And I think for a long time led to uh, league clearances. So, um, yeah, that's a pretty good comeback and, you know, really important player for us. Um, you know, we, we probably haven't got the value of what we've paid for him at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to think he could be progressing as well. And I think it shows our optimism, mate, because I don't think we've... <laughs> We've said anyone's going backwards yet, except for probably Jeff Smith. But um, yeah, I think it was that kind of year too, where mm. so many of our players regressed. Um, so yeah, I think again the coaching decision is going to be really important for Dill. Uh, and yeah, I just think that he's going to be uh, yeah another player that can improve. And again, just yeah, with his. Goal kicking, I'd like to see him add a few more because, again, he only kicked three goals for the year, mate. Mm. So many times he's had the opportunity to run in and kick goals and he seems to second guess or he's gun shy. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's got to get a coach that yells at him and basically says, mate, when you're all running in, have a ping. I don't care if you miss, but I want you to have intentions. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, that is certainly a level of his game he needs to improve on. I will say, like, as much as we've said, oh, everyone's got to improve, some of them were from pretty low bases. I mean, Andy McGrath, I, I think, had a pretty poor season. I think he'll improve. Darcy Parrish, I think he's capable of much more, so I'd see him improve. So I guess, mm. um, you know, <laughs> we're not saying everyone's going to be jumping out of their skins, but I do see improvement for those players. Dylan Shield, absolutely um yeah, that first half of the year, Jane, um, was really poor. I think he would know that, um, you know, and all of us, um, you know, I suppose made him aware of it. Um, but I'm not sure he needed much help, but certainly it all came to a head of that Sydney game where he was humiliated, Jane. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any shying away from that. From that point, he stood up. Um, and I think that shouldn't be undersold um, because – you know, to me, there's two ways that could have gone. He could have, you know, gone back into his shell and gone, oh, stuff this, you know, um, and, and crack the sads, essentially. What he did was he showed up, he did the work, he got back out, and he performed. Um, yes, you know, there's still elements of his game that you need him to, to work on. Um, so absolutely backing himself. Um, his decision-making with ball in hand can let him down. His, his actual disposal efficiency needs some work. But you know, in terms of that point of difference, a bloke who can get the clearance, um, absolutely, you know, he skyrocketed uh, from there. He's always had the ability, but he, he really showed himself why he's one of the best contested um, players or, or able to get the most clearances and stuff like that uh, in the league. Uh, his burst of speed was was huge for us. Um, yeah, a real point of difference there. And like in the end, as much as he had a slow half of the season, like, what nine ten rounds? He actually finished second on our Don's Cast Medal votes with sixty nine um, in total. Um, so 
Uh, he performed really well that back half of the season. And, um, it's, it's an interesting prospect. I'd love to see him improve. This is one where I'd love him to to keep at the level of performance he had um, this second half of the season. Um, I, I kind of uh, the realist in me sees that it um, it might not necessarily be the case that he'll improve and become the gun player he was in that All-Australian year, uh, unless he's got a solid group of players around him. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think if he can keep at that same level, you know, the second half of the season, um, it'll be, I, I think, money well spent. I mean, we've already spent the money, so might as well keep him on. Uh, <laughs> mm. uh, so uh, an interesting one on, um, yeah, I'd love to see him kick more goals, you know, pin the ears back and, you know, back himself. Um, that is an area of, of his game. That and finding a right boot. I think that that really hurt him at plenty of times last year. Um, so he needs to find that right peg. Yeah, he doesn't have to be brilliant with it, but if he can at least make it effective, um, that'd be a big plus. But um, yeah, I guess that's where I see Dylan Shield, mate. Um, so uh, yeah, as much as a disappointing first half, he um, yeah he really bounced back in that second. Uh, now, Aaron Francis, Royal Reports, mate, he's actually asked for a trade. Mm. Um, and he's only played the four games this year. Mm. So for a pick six, mate, um, it's fair to say we've, we got that one wrong. Um, oh, I mean, for well, mine, when you Jack, look at it, mate, Kurnow and Kai. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's revisionist history for mine. I mean, you look at, um, you know, Kurnow, for example. Um, yeah, I think they're all... Lots of question marks around his um, his work rate. Um, you know, he's, a, he's a bigger kid, so he's carrying a bit around the midriff and uh, a few altercations off the field. Um, so there's some risk there. Um, yeah, Mackay, you know, it's taken him a long time to develop into the player he is now. So I think, you know, those who say, oh, he was a pick six, he should have been this player and all the rest of it, um, you know, it's revisionist history, I think. Um, yeah, we've all made decisions in our life that have turned out to be not so great, but I, I don't think it's helpful um, to the conversation to say, oh, yeah, we got this one wrong, we got that one right. Um, because at the end of the day, we, we chose who we chose. Um, and I think, particularly in the case of Francis, uh, he showed so much talent, James. Um, if he could keep that out of the park, he, he could be a, a real dominating player. Unfortunately, we never never found that in him at a consistent level. Like that was that 2018 season, like when the back half of that, you know, he had three or four games where you thought, bloody hell, look, look at this bloke. Um, even in that first season he played for us, he played a lot of AFL footy and um, you know, what he kicked goal of the year, um, you know, and showed bloody hell, this kid's a level above. So um for mine, um it's it's not like a, a completely wasted try. Um, however, I will take that, you know, we've had him on our list for seven years. Uh, it hasn't worked out for him with Essendon. And for mine, um, yep, yeah, he is one that's regressed, but, you know, not all through lack of um, his own effort. Obviously, he's had challenges along the way, injuries and personal matters. Um, a lot of fitness questions on him, mate. He's yeah, absolutely. never been able to do a run through, long, never yeah. shown that level of fitness that, was required to go to the next level. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. But I think yeah, there's a mental side of the game. And I think, you know, um, that's been much publicised. We don't need to go into that. Um, but um, 
when you're going through serious mental health issues, it's bloody hard to to get up and and will yourself to um yeah to, to train at that elite level that's that's required. I mean, uh, even getting by day to day can be um, pretty tough. Um, so look, I, I don't put anything against um, Aaron. I think you know he's done as good as he could. I think the club's really got around him, tried to support him through his challenges. Um, I personally feel like if yeah he, his choice is to um, go look, I need to go be close to my family, seek a trade. Um, you know, all power to you, Aaron, and we wish you all the best. Um, absolutely no ill feeling there. I, and in any case, I do feel like um, yeah, he's had seven years in Essendon and hasn't been able to prove that he's the best twenty-two player. Um, so I think his time is up. Um, with Essendon, that's just my, I suppose, ignorant call from the boundary line. Um, no, I but, think you're right. And look, I think he could be one that could be a really good pickup for another team. Mm. If you do get him settled, do get him you know, feeling positive uh, and back his ability, yeah, he, he could be one that makes us look silly. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Um, I'd, I'd call that right now. He's He has got a talent level. Is pretty rare, um, mm. but he just hasn't been able to show it enough. And as I said, there's questions about his fitness and, and work rate and so forth that potentially hold him back from that. But mm. uh, yeah, he's certainly, you know, he's only 25. But yeah, so he's got you know, plenty of footy ahead of him. Mm. Could be a, you know, a bargain buy for someone. Yeah. Could make us look silly. Yeah, yeah even I can uh, read that one. Will Snelling, mate, um, had a year he'd probably like to get as well. Mm. Just the eight games, um, only averaged the 13 disposals. And, yeah, I thought he was really ineffective for most of the year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, obviously that injury took him out the vast majority of the season. And even when he did come back, he was never right. Well, he um, did the calf again, didn't he? The first time, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, yeah. well, that's the... Oh, geez, you know, taking me back to the, mm. you know, our, our injury mismanagement throughout the course of the season. Um, God, if there was a, uh, you know, club review for the, mm. <laughs> for the fitness staff and all the rest of it, uh, they get, um, yeah, definitely a re- regressed ratings. But, um, yeah, to be out, out so much of that season, come back in that first game, and I think within the first 15 minutes of that first quarter, he was off again, um, yeah, with that same calf. Um, but even after that, um, he was largely ineffective and he kept getting games and it was really frustrating to see that um, he was getting games ahead of blokes where you thought, geez, why can't you get this bloke in? Um, uh, you know, like a Voss or a Menzi or um, mm. you know, young blokes who um, you know, just dying for the opportunity to get out there and play. Whereas, and it's not against Snelling. Like his, mm. his body obviously failed him. He wasn't able to do the things he wanted to do, but um Unfortunately, his output um, it was kind of negative on the on the side. Um, so he's absolutely one, you know, if he if he can get fit and all the rest of it, he like he he'll improve because the only way is up from there, James. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll just be an interesting one to see where he fits in the side. Um, yeah, when you got blokes like Hobbs and and uh, Caldwell and you know, guys like this, you know, beating down the door, you know, what role? Does he play, you know, better than anyone else? 
Yeah, that's the question, isn't it? Like, so yeah, I've, yeah, I think Ben Rutten loved him. Um, no doubt about that. I would hope the new coach would certainly make them earn their games a bit more. Mm. So yeah, it will be interesting to see where he plays, but he obviously needs continuity with his body. Yep. Um, be able to get through games and yeah, have to work out where he's best suited for our team to play its best footy. Mm. Just finally, mate, we'll get up to the last one for this one. There's number 12, Tom Cutler. Now, the club's already made the call on Tom. He was, uh, you know, taken off our list. But he played nine games, you know, even in the VFL, mate, he was racking up a lot of the footy. Mm. Um, and even in the senior side, he averaged almost 18 disposals a game. Mm. So, um, yeah, so thank you to Tom for the last couple of years. Obviously, we thought his physicality really held him back from being a regular senior player. Yep. But, um, yeah, I, you know, the number 12 jersey will come available for a new recruit next year. Absolutely. I will say with Tom, um, look, and, yeah, when we first picked him up, yeah, a lot of us sort of – could see the tools he he had available, but his that lack of physicality, as you say, James, was something that all of us commented on, um, and were yeah pretty disappointed with. He did turn it around to a degree. He was able to um, yeah, really towards the end of last season, um, you know, it was almost a bit of a lock for us uh, down half back. He was getting pretty damaging, and um, yeah, he he did regress over this season. Um, and while he was able to find more of the footy. Um, he just doesn't have that will to get involved in the contest, which, um, you know, goes against that sort of blue-collar brand of footy that we were looking to build. Um, I do see him as someone that, um, yeah, could add value to another side looking for some outside run. Um, I think he's got some, uh, yeah, some good um, good prospects there. But, um, yeah, certainly for the side we're looking to build, I think the right decision was made to... Uh, yeah, cut ties with um with Tom, but um, no, thank you for your services, and um, yeah, we'll look forward to uh, yeah, who dons the sash in the number twelve next year. Yeah, all right. So just to finish up, mate, I didn't think did uh, Francis Nulling or um Cutler get any votes for the dons cards? Uh good question. Well asked, and that's a big no for. Uh, <laughs> I, I was. I was thinking probably not, but I actually know. no. I tell a lie. Tommy Cutler racked up three Don's cast medals. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I thought there would have been games where Cutler was worthy of a vote, but yeah, um, yeah. Again, thank you, Tom, for your services. Um, so that's this week's episode, mate. Um, obviously, next one we'll talk about the AFLW game against West Coast Eagles. We'll also talk about. Players number 13 through to 24th. And um, hopefully have a bit more news on, you know, a coaching search. Maybe the CEO, maybe some more players we're linked to. Um, yeah, so there's still plenty of stuff to keep us involved in footy, even though the Bombers have stopped playing, uh, well, the men's side stopped playing at least. So until next week, go Bombers. Go Dons.